you're listening to episode two. I'm your host, Hune, and this is Interstellarcast. The music you will hear in the background is owned by Safiros called Embrace. You can find this song on SoundCloud, so go ahead and give it a listen. So, we're still in the early stages of the year, you know, the first quarter, and so, so much goes on around this time of the year, like this month I had to deal with academic stuff, registration, with all its hiccups along the way, but I managed to enroll. But you know, parents have to buy uniforms, find schools for their kids. Other than that, there's a lot of other things. I'm only talking about this Because one, I'm a student and two, I know it can be difficult, not because I endure all the stress and pain, but because that's generally how it is with the younger ones. But anyway, I think it's sad that there's a good chance some are still experiencing difficulties registering and enrolling at their respective academic schools, universities, colleges, and so forth, bearing in mind that All schools are open and the academic year has already commenced and is in full force. But regardless, regardless, I do wish everyone all the best. I do wish everyone the best of luck. And I do hope that everything comes right in anything you're going for, whether that is job hunting or enrolling academically or any other area of interest you may be pursuing. You know, 2020 was tough because the Rona came along and was incredibly disruptive, affecting our lives, day-to-day activities and our economies. Many countries had to go into lockdown, international travel was banned. You know how that song goes, because it's old now. We've learned to live with the Rona, we've learned to live with it. But then 2021 comes along and just when you think we get to see the law really flex its muscle and prove that no one is above the law, and ex-president Jacob Zuma is sent to prison on the 7th of July for being in contempt of court for ignoring instructions to participate in a corruption inquiry, a high level corruption inquiry. He got what he deserved and I think we can all agree he got what he deserved. But soon thereafter his imprisonment, there's a a surge in crime and violence as chaos ensues just after his imprisonment and it is unclear the reasons why all of this took place. People just go on a looting spree, setting buildings on fire, stealing and for the most part this takes place in KwaZulu-Natal but it does eventually spread nationwide. What's sad and rather disappointing is that amongst everything being burnt and looted, charity warehouses with food and supplies are burnt to the ground. What makes no sense is that some of the South African national blood bank stations are then looted as well. Please bear in mind that 
the country is at this time while all of this is taking place dealing with the adverse effects of covid and the country being in lockdown so hospitals are full so anyone getting hurt will struggle to get help and anyone for whatever reasons who needs access to these resources you know the blood bank resources can't really get the help they need you can't really justify that but yeah that is 2021 and zuma did get what he deserved i don't think many people can complain about that or argue any of that but yeah later on in that year 2021 archbishop desmond tutu passes away then 2022 comes along and ricardo macado popularly known as ricky rick passes away as well and for me it's sad that there's people spreading love and awareness about mental issues under false pretenses as they see this as a like for ricky or a retweet for depression type of situation if you get what i mean look they see this as an opportunity to leverage their numbers a person passing away is not an opportunity for clicks retweets and gunning to be the first person to misinform everyone but that's another topic for another day and aside from the loss of life when you think that your country of domicile is going through it a guy named vladimir putin comes along on a warpath like an absolute madman with no care whatsoever anyone who can say any interference with russia's invasion there will be consequences is clearly prepared to go all out to get what they want so as we speak russia this this whole russia invading ukraine situation has escalated to the point that nuclear weapons are on standby and the russian army on high alert let that sink in but while that sinks in let's try understand the history of ukraine and russia where all of this began and what spilled the fuel into the fire forcing russia to invade ukraine so history suggests that modern day russia began in kiev and for those who don't know kiev is the capital of ukraine so ideally these places are one given that fact before separation altogether they formed the soviet union this enormous empire so there's clearly a connection there on various fronts through their culture and mainly through their politics and economies and just a little side note at that time at the time of the division between russia and um, ukraine vladimir putin was an intelligence officer still climbing through the ranks and he didn't accept the division because in his head russia and ukraine were one and the same thing the soviet union collapsed in 1991 
leaving 15 independent republics, some being Ukraine obviously, and Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania having joined NATO. But Russia still had Belarus technically under its claws and I say this because if you've seen the news and you look at all the areas Russia is invading from, Belarus is one of them. After all, Russia and Belarus are part of the CSTO, this being the Collective Security Treaty Organization, which consists of post-Soviet states. To be clear, Putin is not happy with Western European countries as well as those further west being the US and Canada. He is unhappy because these guys associated with NATO are trying to convince ex-Soviet states to join his this, this, this treaty, which they have. See now, all this is an elaborate attempt to prevent Russia from expanding on NATO's front. Putin's face must have been red. I can only imagine. Now NATO. NATO is the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, an international military alliance formed in 1949 consisting of mainly European countries, two North American countries and only one in Asia, so a total of 30 countries altogether with three countries being nuclear weapon states. These being the UK, the US and France. So some of this could have changed, you know, in terms of numbers, nuclear weapon states. This could have changed at some point within the past few years um, or from the time that this information that I'm reading had been put together. So NATO came together to basically hinder Russia from growing larger and taking over the rest of the world, or at least the rest of some of the European countries, or reclaiming, reclaiming ex-Soviet -Sov uh, Union states. So with Ukraine having great cultural ties with Russia, Putin watches along the lines as 64% of Ukraine's citizens say they are down they are down to be part of NATO and 58% are willing to also be part of the EU. This probably upset Putin. Look, Putin claims he is fighting and I quote, the efforts made by those forces that have always sought to undermine our unity. So I'm assuming that this guy is, is referring to the very rich cultural background between Russia and Ukraine. The guy is clearly hung up on this, but his argument, which is really incredibly valid, he then goes on to say, and I quote, just have a look at how Austria and Germany, the USA and Canada live next to each other. Close in ethnic composition, culture. In fact, sharing one language, they remain sovereign states with their own interests, 
with their own foreign policy. But this does not prevent them from the closest integration or allied relations. They have very conditional, transparent borders and when crossing them, the citizens feel at home. They create families, study, work, do business. Incidentally, so do millions of those born in Ukraine who now live in Russia. We see them as our own close people. Like I said, incredibly valid. Though you, ca you can't really justify the invasion in that case because none of those aforementioned countries are invading each other, right? So there's really no argument there. But then what does Russia want or what does Vladimir Putin want? They want resources, energy, specifically natural gases that for years Russia or the Soviet Union sold and exported to West European countries. This natural gas traveled through pipelines, pipelines which coincidentally also traveled through the Ukraine and to the respective customers on the other side of Europe. The problem with this is that now Ukraine is an independent state and the Soviet Union obviously has since collapsed. So then Ukraine begins to demand millions of dollars in tariffs from Russia should they wish to continue making use of these or those pipelines. So Russia paid up and moved on to build other pipelines in Belarus to limit their reliance on the Ukraine and eventually stop their gas exports through the UK, the Ukraine. But there's a problem. A discovery is made in 2012 that the Ukrainian waters in the Black Sea could possibly contain 2 trillion cubic meters of natural gas just around Crimea. Now all of this all of this began in 2014. Putin was not happy with the pro-Western Ukrainian government slowly moving towards the EU and NATO. So he took action. As in 2014, Russia began invading Ukraine, completely taking over Crimea. Interestingly enough, Crimea is basically an island positioned conveniently where the natural gas discovery was made. So this could possibly be about gas suprem supremacy. Other than that, Crimea is suffering under Russia's control. And part of the issue that led to the invasion is that Ukraine blocked off the canal that had water flowing to Crimea, which Crimea has around, as we speak, five to seven percent of water in its reservoirs. So it is clearly suffering from 100% to about less than 7%. It's not good. Interestingly, since the, the Ukrainian government has been shifting towards NATO, it would be interesting to see how this is handled because NATO, NATO's stance is that if a NATO ally is the victim of an armed attack 
each and every member of the alliance will consider this act of violence as an armed attack against all members and will take the actions it deems necessary to assist the ally attacked mm. that that's that's a lot that that's a lot so does I, I i don't know i think i think vladimir putin or russia wants either the country the, the whole of ukraine or or he wants the water he wants the water resources so maybe he invades ukraine and takes over parts of ukraine to the point where he reaches the canal and blocks it and the flow continues on to i guess crimea or he wants um natural gases which are in the black sea um which already they have taken control of those natural gas um floating stations in the black sea so that is also what he could want but i i don't think it's that because he already has that part of 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 the ukraine he's already seized crimea so yeah will we see war I think that's that's the question everyone wants to know. Like, are we going into World War Three? Honestly speaking, my in my opinion, I I don't know. I don't know what's what's happening. And right now, right now, I hate the fact that South Africa is a Russian ally. However, we are allies with good reason. But that's also a topic for another day. Anyone who wants to know why and how we became russian allies would have to do their own research but i i i i, I i'm i'm worried that we could see world war three because you know russia vladimir putin seems adamant to get what he wants and he's seems not to be worried about the consequences that will follow should nato get involved or should other countries like the US start getting involved and obviously from what he's saying and from our my point of view is that if the US gets involved he's going to attack the US I don't know about if everyone else but I don't want to see that because then that's how world war 3 will start because don't forget that the US is also part of NATO and is also a nuclear state along with the UK and France. But enough from me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for episode 3. In case you forgot, I'm your host Hune and this has been episode 2 of Hinterstellercast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>